Coming up on this episode of Abundantly Charged, exploring self-advocacy. Stay tuned. Welcome to the premiere season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. In this season, we'll mix interviews and great conversations with in-depth thinking around key social and emotional skills we need as educators to keep us fully prepared to successfully navigate the demands of teaching and leading in the 21st century classrooms. The demands of the educational system have never been stronger. While we all know we need transformative change to revolutionize this troubled system, ensuring our own high-powered social and emotional skills will help each of us navigate these changes while developing these critical skills in our students, too. Join us as we explore how we remain abundantly charged. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis. And together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this episode of our podcast, Diving Into Being an Advocate for Yourself. In this episode, we'll learn what self-advocacy is, the importance of using your voice in a positive way, and we'll explore a few ways that will allow you to ask for what you need in a manner that is professional and relational, allowing you and others to remain abundantly charged. Self-advocacy is the ability to communicate your needs. People who self-advocate are more likely to thrive in school, work, and life. It creates independence and empowers people to find solutions rather than being stuffed in a closet, wallowing in the willows, or just plain existing. When we advocate for ourselves, we understand what our needs are. We have a good indication of possible support that is needed, and we communicate effectively what our needs are to others. So Jill, pulling it back to social and emotional learning, then self-awareness and self-management are key facets to being able to communicate our needs effectively. When we think about our previous episodes, these two areas spoke about understanding emotions, naming them, recognizing them, and then managing those emotions in a positive manner. Self-advocacy now takes what we know about ourselves and our emotions to communicate that to others in an effective way. This is a skill that can be learned. We definitely know there are numerous opportunities to practice and apply your knowledge. I I tend to think of it as standing within your power, not that kind that is, I have power over others, although that's kind of nice too, (laughs) just, (laughs) (laughs) but I have the choice to know how I'm feeling why I feel a certain way, and how I ask for what I need in order to live and work productively, efficiently, and in a place of wisdom where I can dig deeply into using that problem-solving brain we spoke about two episodes ago. 
Self-advocacy is all about learning to make your own decisions about your life. It's understanding your strengths and your weaknesses, developing personal goals, and standing up for yourself and making decisions. It's also about understanding what your boundaries are and being able to communicate them effectively. Executive functions of inhibition, planning, organizing, working memory, and cognitive flexibility are all skills that are used when advocating for your needs, not to mention for self-awareness and self-management. Carolyn Giuliani shares four steps in developing self-advocacy. One, show confidence in your knowledge and expertise. Here we think about what we know and where are we an expert in our knowledge base. Two, address areas where you fall short. Know those areas as it will help you surround yourself with others who have the skill set you do not. Three, have clear and defined goals that you can negotiate. Identifying what you want must be clear so you can understand where to even begin the negotiation process. And finally, number four, do not be afraid to ask for help. This brings us back to the third step. Asking for help is crucial. We cannot all be everything. And drawing from others gives us strength, courage, and knowledge. You know, Grant, those four steps really give us a very solidified way of being able to self-advocate. But I think we also can go into some things a little bit more deeper. And the reason I'm thinking that is because when we heard about all of the different types of executive functions that are used, when we have that many different types of skills that we have have to be able to massage and negotiate and put together and and be able to do all of that all at once. It's a huge kind of process that we have to go through, which is why I'm thinking self-advocacy can be very difficult if we don't have processes set in place. Absolutely. So let's look at another process. Um, and this process to help develop your self-advocacy skills comes from Kristen Moe. And it goes more in-depth and has similarities and differences from Giuliani's process. So first, you must understand yourself, your values, and your needs. Right here, there is a connection to looking at social-emotional learning, self-awareness, and self-management. Here are some key questions that will allow you to understand why you need to advocate for your needs. And then it helps you identify those needs and how you can speak passionately and with determination about what it is that you need to have. So here are some of your types of questions that you can ask yourself. What are my values? What matters to me most and why? What are my particular needs? And what do I need to accomplish my tasks or fulfill my responsibilities? What do I need to feel respected and to maintain my emotional, physical, and financial well-being? What are my strengths and growth areas? Second, you need to understand your context. When I'm advocating for my school, my classroom, and myself, it may look and sound quite differently from one setting to the other. Here are some key questions to reflect on as you determine the context of how you want to advocate. How do I serve the team and thereby serve the organization as a whole? What are my responsibilities to the organization? And 
What are the organization's responsibilities to me? Do our values and talents match? Can I serve the organization? And does my work for the organization benefit me? The third area is to build a support system. Communication is paramount with all parties involved. Here are four steps you can take to build up a support system. The first is to develop a robust and direct line of communication with your principal or superintendent. Your principal is in the best position to advocate on your behalf. They know both you and the organization. Ideally, that person will be your best ally in the workplace, understanding your needs and the resources available at the organizational level and mentoring you along the way. Two, join and lead organizations that are there to support you and others within and outside of your organization. Connect with like and unlike individuals who are united in building visibility, programming, and policies to support people in your district. There is power in multiple voices and perspectives united as one. There is also a wealth of experiences from which to learn. Number three. Be an ally and advocate for others. Speaking up for others is often less angst-inducing than speaking up for ourselves. Practice speaking up on behalf of others, and you'll gain more confidence to do so for yourself. The people who you advocated for in the past may also become your future allies. And finally, number four, continue developing yourself, building relationships with others, Yes, the oft-maligned networking, and being aware of opportunities and resources within your field inside and outside your present district. There is a power in knowing that you have alternatives. Sometimes those alternatives may exist outside of your district that is no longer serving your personal and professional needs. When the time comes to advocate for yourself and others, make sure you also take the following steps. You want to be able to prepare, consult with others, draft your information in how you want to go ahead and advocate for yourself, and then, of course, state your case. So the first thing you want to do is to prepare. You want to start documenting your concerns in detail. When does this happen? What happens when this does happen? Who are the people involved? And what are those negative consequences on you? as well as others. Secondly, do your research. Which laws govern the issue on a federal, state, and local level? What do the governing rules of your district state about the situation you're experiencing? Is there a group that is assigned to enforce the laws or policies or practices? Is there an ombuds office to consult on the issue you're experiencing and help you craft the needed communication? How have other districts addressed similar issues? Do the research and use your resources. Number three, consult your support network for their feedback and input. Look to your teammates, look to the different grade levels and see what input they have. What were their lessons if they've already experienced something similar? Has research been conducted on the topic, which with you are addressing already? And what were those findings and outcomes? You know, knowledge is power. And understanding your issue in the broader context 
allows you to make a particular case that is compelling right from the start. Four, begin to draft and redraft if necessary a solution. Write out the following in detail. What's the issue? What's the negative impact on you and your team and ultimately the district? What is the desired resolution? How can it be a win not only for yourself, but for others involved? What is your best alternative? And what are your non-negotiables? Number five, when you feel like you've considered all possible angles, reach out to your established and trusted network of experts. Get their feedback and input. And then number six, now you are ready to state your case with clarity and confidence. As you approach the person, remember to use open-ended questions to invite the person into a conversation. Perhaps that there is another alternative that you are not seeing. However, be clear going into the conversation what you are willing to compromise on and what you are not and why. This is the importance of boundary setting. So, Jill, we've you know, self advocacy can be really hard for for some people. Um, the the level of directness that is required to effectively communicate you know, what where you are in a particular situation, what your needs are, that can be really difficult. And I think what we've tried to do, and I think we've done really well, is to is to give people a series of processes that. You can almost go on automatic pilot at first and try these out and follow them step by step until you build your own confidence and the skills that you need to be better at self-advocating uh, your needs to, to other people that you work with or live with. Exactly. And Grant, you know, the other thing too, um, as we think about what we talked about in these two different sections, it was really thinking about pulling from your strengths identifying your strengths first. And when you know what your strengths are, then you can build your team around you so that when you go to deliver and communicate your case, if you will, and when you start to advocate for yourself and for others, you are able to pull from different people's strengths and build a team that will help build the advocacy aspect out for you and with you. Absolutely. Next week, on Abundantly Charged, we're going to talk about another really difficult life skill, right? If, if self-advocacy can be challenging for us, balance, on the other hand, whoo, can, uh, can about do us in on certain, certain days and weeks and months. Abundantly Charged means not only having developed strong social and emotional skills, but also having the ability to recharge and continuously grow our abilities when the demands in our lives and our profession as educators seem to drain them. In essence, we have to have the ability to remain abundantly charged. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 18th and running through March 22nd. We'll take a break and then return with Season 2 in mid-April. 
Abundantly Charged is the production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music, Something Different, was written and performed by Reve and obtained through Soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it could also be found on our website at abundantly-charged.captivate.fm slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. We would love to hear what you like. Until next time, remember, let's remain abundantly charged.